This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Skype B. Don't you laugh at me. <laughs> All right. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me, as always, my partner in crime, my BFF, my co-host, Brittany. How are you doing? Don't you butter me up. Don't you butter <laughs> me up Wednesday. Um, <laughs> Oh, I I'm ready. I'm very excited because uh, the season has been so good, and I'm ready to uh, kind of discuss our love of the show that it seems like no one's talking about. And I'm like, I need more people to recognize the show. I need more people to recognize the show so that we can get the official announcement that it's been renewed for a fourth season. Um, that's stressing me out a little, but we are talking about American Gods. Um, I think about six weeks ago, we did a, a top ten best of American Gods season three so far. That covered episodes one through five, and this one will cover episodes six through ten. We decided to break it up this season because in previous seasons, there's only been eight episodes this season uh 10 episodes were in season three but it's just fun break it up right that way we don't have to you know skip some good scenes just to get to a top 10 but yeah i mean it feels like not a lot of people are talking about it but i'll have to tell you Brittany, that um if you search the hashtag renew american gods there's a lot of people like begging stars you know renew this show give it its final season because you know that's the thing is that even ricky whittle the um lead actor neil gaiman the guy who wrote the book are saying like there's only one season left of story to tell so just give us our final season and end it out we're not asking for a million seasons we're asking for one literally just one and you can make six episodes for all i care just do it (laughs) when i finished episode 10 i was like Oh, they're going to have to end this. I said, like, and I was like, well, th- there was no, like, easy, like, ending to it. You know what I mean? There wasn't an ending yeah. where you're like, oh, you know, we can just pretend what happened. It's like, no, it was No, pretty, it's uh, such a cliffhanger. <laughs> I know. I was, it was very intense. Are, are we talking about that to you? Um. My God, yeah, no, absolutely. Let's, you know, I don't care. Let's dive into things. First of all, I want to ask you, though, I mean, you literally finished um, the season last night uh, before this podcast. What are your thoughts of season three as a whole? I was going to say, I think it's my favorite one. It's been the one I've been most emotionally attached to. Like, I'm sad that there's no Sweeney, but I felt like it was very well done. Yeah, I thought that I was going to, say, be affected more by Sweeney's, like, you know, absence. I certainly wish that he was in the show, and I think that every time they had Laura around, I was like, oh, man, you know, can we see Sweeney back? But 
I was so invested in all of the characters throughout the season that it did feel like the most consistent. It didn't feel like it's a show that I'm just watching because of one character only. Why did Laura Moon crawl into my heart like a little worm? <laughs> she did, right? She I did. I did not like her at first. I hated her at first, yeah? And you're supposed to hate her. And I wanted to hate her. And then she just crawled into my heart. No, exactly. I mean, that episode um, where they go through her past, I was like, this is really depressing. Or... Yeah, her journey in general was just, um, yeah, it definitely made you care more about her, where you're like, no, this this girl is so unlikable, which I think is a lot of the point, as you said, of her character, where it's like you don't always have, like, a female character that you're going to, like, really love. She is somewhat unlikable, but that's kind of what I like about her, is that she's unlikable. (laughs) Did you have a moment? Where I like I did not much care for Shadow at the beginning, but I found myself getting very attached to him throughout the season. But I felt like in the final episode, I was like, "Fuck this guy! I hate him!" <laughs> oh my god, yes! And he was like, power. when he was considering killing Laura, he was getting all like angry at her, and I was like, "Dude, you're like." dad freaking had her killed you know i mean i feel like that's being glossed over so much where it's like your father had her killed and it's like you know what i'm saying i also had a moment where i was like dude you're being a real dick right now to her like where it was like you don't you don't think i can do great things like very pouty (laughs) and i was like all right, I lost a lot of respect for you in all one easy swoop. I yeah, exactly because I think we talked about our last podcast where it's like you know seasons one and two, Shadow was fine, he was there, but he really didn't have a whole lot of personality. And in season three, it's like he had a lot of personality. We got to see more of Shadow, um, and I really started liking Shadow as a character. I was getting really invested in his storyline. And then in that final episode where he was like, I could be great. And I was like, ooh, Shadow, that's going to, uh, you know, kick you in the ass. <laughs> Calm down, Darth Vader. Uh, I need you to chill for five seconds here. Um, there is one scene I would like to discuss, but I don't know if it's on your pick. It's not on mine, but I have questions about it. I mean, we talk about about it, even if it is on my list. On, on the airplane with yes. Wednesday at the end, did that not rip your guts out, like, heart-wise? Oh, it took a lot of convincing for you to, for, for it to convince you to love me, to earn your love. Oh, yeah. So, really quick, I guess I should say that this podcast will contain spoilers, obviously. Um, Yeah, no, to me, that plane scene was so um, raw, in a sense. because my heart out. It was sad. We we have Shadow, who now at this point has been saying, oh, you know, I want to achieve what Wednesday has been promising me. And for Wednesday to essentially say, like, I didn't give a shit about you this whole entire time. Like, nothing about this was going to benefit you. You solely exist to help me. Because remember he said, this has been in motion since before you were born. 
I just thought it was so sad. It was like, hey, you you could have been, like, gentle with him, but instead you ripped his guts out and then left. Oh, I, I think if this season has taught us anything, it's that Odin doesn't care. We, you know, we've seen in seasons where, um, or episodes where he, you know, sees, oh, oh, maybe he has a heart. You know, maybe there's something in him that, you know, is real and tangible. And I think that scene was showing, like, no, he is, like, literally the biggest common. And, like, everyone's been saying it, you know. Sweeney said it, Tear said it, like, everyone's saying it. And it's like, we see that now, that, no, it's was all the means to an end since the beginning. Well, now I just feel bad for Tear. I started feeling bad for Tear um, when they first announced him, right? Um, because when they were doing, like, all the casting announcement, right, for American Gods Season 3, you know, they were talking about, you know, Miss World, Danny Trejo, um, you know, the others that we see, Liam, but they didn't say him at first. And then I remember, like, a few months going by, on Twitter, they just showed a simple picture, and they're like, oh, and Dennis O'Hare is coming as Tear, and I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. Um, and his character, at first, I was like, this is a little strange, I'm not understanding what the dynamic here is, and then as it kept going, I was like, oh, oh, I, oh, I, I feel bad for Tear now. <laughs> I, I found myself actually getting attached to him. I thought he was very cool, and by the way, I called that scene with Demeter. I fucking called the whole reason that she hated him, and I just want to say that. She did. I want to tell everyone that um, Brittany did. I forget when we discussed this, if it was before the season came out or if it was while the season was going, but Brittany definitely said, like, what if it was because they lost a child? And when it happened, it was like... Brittany, you were, were you in the writer's room? <laughs> you bet your ass I was screaming that I was right. I mean, I'm always right, but I was even more right right then. <laughs> yeah, no, you were. I will I will tell you that you were right. Um, I think we should get into this list because there's just so much to discuss. Um, before I do so, you know, I always, always have to give a huge shout-out to our friends over at Stranger Damies, who is the D&D podcast um, that, you know, if you like Dungeons & Dragons, you're going to love Stranger Damies. They got plenty of 80s references. They got monsters and dragons and all that good stuff. So make sure you check them out over at Stranger Damies, uh, Stranger Damies on Twitter and Instagram, Dan, Mark, Anthony. They're awesome, awesome guys. So make sure that you check them out. Make sure you check out their other podcasts as well over at the main Damie. They do They Call This a Movie, which is a hilarious podcast where they pretty much rip, um, you know, they, they happily rip bad movies to shreds, or even good movies. You know, sometimes there's a movie that it's like, it's so bad it's good, and I feel like that's a lot of the movies that they do, and it's just fun. I've been on it, we reviewed Wonder Woman 1984, and I had some of the best time on a podcast I ever had, so make sure you check it out. Um, but Brittany, without further ado, what is your number 10? Okay, you're going to laugh, but it's going to be a little simple one. I liked when Shadow made it snow for uh, Marguerite. Oh, for Marguerite? Yes. Yes. Because my thing was is that 
it was like, yes, it was very sweet. By the way, I shipped them so hard. I'm not normally <laughs> invested in the love story of the main character. Like, almost never am I. But I actually really liked her, and I really appreciated that, you know, she was still strong, but she was soft. Like, I was very sad that things didn't work out between them. But, you know, we yeah. only see Shadow, I think, make it snow once, and that was in season one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to see him actually come in and kind of just do that slow breathe, I was like, oh, he actually can use his powers. And, like, I don't know, it was just a very cute I found myself getting kind of choked up a lot through those last couple of episodes. Like, they were very <laughs> emotional, but for that, I found myself being like, this is actually really sweet, because he just wants to, like, impress her. I loved it. I found, like you, I found myself absolutely rooting for Shadow and Marguerite. Marguerite is the definition of, you know, someone who had these, like, really high walls up and Shadow was just able to kind of get through that because we saw how, you know, reserved she was at first. I mean, she literally held shotgun to him and at first she was like, I don't even want to talk to you. And then suddenly it's like, she's smiling. Um, she's taking Shadow ice skating. And I was like, Oh my God. It's like, she was just kind of waiting for someone to really come in and like, down all that ice pretty much and I love them in the hot tub and it's like I think she says something along the lines of like oh the only thing that would make this better if it was snowing or something like that (laughs) yeah because he did it for her because she yeah she said it made her feel like she was in a snow globe and he was just kind of sitting there he was like kind of you could see the cogs turning in his head and he's like I got this baby I got this so I got this. Yeah, no, I I absolutely loved it. Um, what you might call it. It it is just like their relationship was so great, and that's. I'll say one thing. I don't know if it's on your list or anything, but just a comment on it. Um, and I said this in a review that I actually did with um Michael Cook, who is the uh you know. I behind Thoroughly Modern Reviewer, another great outlet, so make sure you check that out. But we were saying that we still kind of felt a little confused by Bill Quiss's story. Um, especially I'm still at, very confused. Very confused. And um, so at the end, when it was explained that Laura was the other half, I was like, I hope you don't mean in, like, a romantic sense, because I feel like we're finally at the moment where, like, both parties don't want to be with each other. Like, Laura has accepted, and Shadow has accepted, and it's like they're better off in the position that they're in. Um, You know, so I like seeing him with Marguerite, because I felt like it was something that was more real. Although, if you want to say this right now, because when Laura was with Shadow, she was the one who was not being truthful about who she really was. And now with Shadow and Marguerite, it's like, he's not the one who's truthful. Because remember, he wasn't Shadow to her. He was Mark Angel. Yeah. You know, it made me wonder if, uh, like, I had, like, two theories, right? Because I was, like, talking about two halves and stuff. And part of my brain, by the way, and this is going to be really fucked up, because this is me guessing again, like, if 
you know, Odin, right, had another child, because it's like, oh, they're two halves. I was like, if they didn't have siblings, I would fucking die. I literally said that. I was like, please don't go that route. (laughs) If they're half-siblings, not... Their half siblings. Not only does that suck, but also Laura would like think that's the ho- most horrible thing ever. Not even entirely because she was married to Shadow, but because Wednesday would be her dad. <laughs> well, I didn't even think about that. She's like, "This is disgusting. This is the worst thing ever." And Shadow would be like, "Yeah, you know, being siblings." She's like, "Well, yeah, that part sucks, but being Wednesday's <laughs> child." We'll- yeah, <laughs> that's the awful thing of this. So yeah, I don't know. This is why we need season four to explain this shit, because I need to know. And also, really quick, I don't know if you noticed when Bilquis had her um, scene where she was seeing Laura and she was seeing Shadow. She also saw Tech Boy. So I'm like, how does Tech Boy fit into this, you know? I think since Odin is coming back in his full glory, right, I think (laughs) everybody's going to have to team up. And I think, yeah. you know, I think we saw Chernobog very scared in that moment. And fucking, uh, oh, what's his name? Evis. Yeah. We saw him going, oh, they're like, oh, is it a, they're like, is it an old god or something like, or something like. And they oh, they like, said, is this the death of the old gods? And Ivis is like, or something much worse. Yes. And so I think that they're all going to have to team up against Odin, and it's going to take all of them, because this isn't a new god thing. Because, you know, there's so many scenes. I know we're going to get into the top ten, like, of, like, each of those scenes, so it's going to kind of relate back to this. It's just Mm -hmm. everything's making so much more sense now. Well, so I'll tell you this really quick. When Michael and I were doing our review... Um, we said that this is our ideal team up, uh, our Avengers of American oh, Gods, if you will. <laughs> it's it would be Shadow, Laura, um what do you call Billquist, Tech Boy, um, and Liam. Like and Selim. And Selim. I know he's just a human, but like it's okay. Like have Selim there for emotional support or something. Selim come into Oh him. my god. It was the best. Uh, Yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about that. But, yeah, so that's my, like, Avengers lineup of American Gods to go up against Wednesday and Mr. World. Quote, unquote, Mr. World. (laughs) Dude, that was another scene. I'm like, ah, uh, uh." (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But this is a fantastic scene to start off with Shadow making a snow for Marguerite. Um, I know that this is kind of the end of the Lakeside um, story. But, God, I'd love to see those characters. And they're such great characters. So, yeah, great job. Um, let me see what I want to do here. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, though, really quick, just on a side note, did you find yourself every time anything related to that fucking car, you were like, just go look at the fucking car. Just go go to the car. He kept, like, looking at the coin. I'm like, just go in the car. Like, just go in the car. (laughs) Why is this going to tell their fucking dog? Just get in the fucking car. Just get get in the fucking car. (laughs) No, I I totally, totally agree. So, yeah. Um, So, that's going to be... That's yours. Mine is going to be actually... um, I really like this scene. And it's a Salim scene. 
uh, but also a lore scene. It's with Mr. World as Danny Trejo um, talking to Laura and Salim about Laura killing Shadow. Oh, wait, wait, repeat that last part real quick. Yeah, yeah, so um, remember the scene where uh, Mr. World as Danny Trejo has Laura and Salim in his office to tell, like, go over the whole killing Mr. Wednesday plan. Yes, I love it. For some reason, I thought you said about Sweeney, and I was like, my brain doesn't comprehend that. Yes, I love it. Well, so the thing that I really love about that, first of all, is, again, we see a more assertive Selene. Remember in that scene where one of, like, as I call the children, um, says to Selene, like, oh, maybe you should wait in the lobby. And he's like, I'm done waiting in the lobby. So I was like, power play. I like that. Let's go. (laughs) It was a good throwback to season one. Exactly. And I liked then, I like that whole scene. I like Laura kind of, you know, again, Laura can be unlikable. And she was being a little patronizing to Celine where she was like, you know, uh, this isn't uh, Amon. Women can drive. Women can vote. Women can do this. And he's like, yeah, women can do all of that where I'm from, too, you bitch. Like, don't make it like that. (laughs) Um, And him pretty much, like, confident in his abilities. He's like, I'm a salesperson. Let me talk on your behalf because I can negotiate this deal. And I like that, that he had the confidence to say, no, I know what the fuck I'm doing here. And, and I really like that. I love the, I love seeing Danny Trejo interact with Laura and Salim. I love the whole, you know, thing, the plan of it, the reason why Mr. World is saying that they cannot be associated with it. It has to be her um, because they want Wednesday dead, but they can't do it themselves because then it'll spark a war. So I like that whole thing. It's a small scene, but I just love the uh, interactions because it's something that I never thought I was going to see. And I think I primarily loved it just for Celine being so assertive and confident in it even though at this point you know he's he's not feeling too well he's not in a good place say mentally and emotionally but he at least sits there and knows his worth when it comes to that i just thought it was really good too because we he has kind of been sidelined as like a minor character in a lot of ways since you know the jinn and to see him really like Hey, because I guess it's like we don't really know much of his past except of his future. You know, we've seen a little bit of his past when meeting the djinn, but it was nice to see him kind of in the sense of like, yeah, I was someone back there. I'm not just like, you know, your little taxi boy. Exactly, exactly. It's like I'm not just this, like, helpless little puppy that just uh, used Laura's sort of thing for Shadow, but I just really enjoyed it. I love I love Salim's character development this season. Um, even though we saw him very down on himself, I know we'll talk about it a little bit further into the um, top ten right now, but I love seeing his end. I love seeing his end in episode eight. It was really beautiful to me. Um, and I, I just love him. I thought he was great in it, and I loved the scene with Laura, and it reminded me why these two were good friends, because um, 
you know, not to like flex here, but I did get to speak to Omid Abtahi, the actor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, you know, last time we saw Laura and Celine team up was in season one, and we had Sweeney there, who kind of provided more like a comic relief between them. So then to see the two of them interact with each other, and you're like, oh, how's this going to work without Sweeney there? And it worked perfectly. It worked better than I imagined. I thought the it two actually of them. did work better because it gave them time to focus on each other. Because it was always Laura being nice to uh, being nice to Salim and Sweeney just fucking with them. Exactly. So to have the two of them have like you know a little bit of back and forth, and again the two of them were in very similar positions this season. Laura having lost Sweeney, Salim having lost the gin, and it made for these like great moments that you know were very raw. I, I know I used that word before, but the scene where, um, you know, Laura's saying, you know, Jin's not coming back, and he's like, no, you're right. Sweeney's not coming back, then Jin's not coming back, you know, and that it was just so good, because it shows that, like, they're really good friends, and they love each other, but best friends can hurt each other at the same time because they know exactly what to say to hurt the other person. So I just, I don't know, their whole interactions were just great with each other. I don't know if it's on your list, but I'm going to throw it out there really quick. I especially love when Laura, like, tells Celine that she cares about him, you know, and he's like, I love you, and he's like, I love you too. Because <laughs> he knows that's Laura Moon talk, her I love you. <laughs> I love her name. She's like, it takes her back, and she's like, like I said, the, uh, trusting the wrong people. Oh, yeah, like letting him know, like, there you are, again, just like, the wrong people showing you how little Laura thinks of herself or it's because she can't, you know, break her own walls down. But yeah, so that's my scene is Mr. World um, pretty much eliciting a murder plot from Laura and Salim. Uh, Brittany, what's your number eight? You're going to laugh at me because I know there's all these amazing scenes and it, it seems silly to like, yeah, this is going to be the scene I want. Um, I kind of love Chernobog fucking that one lady. Yes, I knew you were going to love that. I knew you were going to love that. <laughs> I watched it, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> I so knew you good. were going to love it. I knew you were going to love it as soon as it happened. I was like, I cannot wait for Brittany to watch this fucking episode. <laughs> Like, uh, this lead up with that lady, right? She, um, when she's like, read the sign about like the no smoking, and I thought he would be like, oh, basically, like, fuck you. But he was like, oh, my apologies. And he like hands her the cigarette, and he's like, oh, do you mind? And I was like, I haven't seen the side of you. And then it flashes, and then someone they're fucking her, like, and we're so like, ugh. Like, you just like, and then fucking hammer just laying there to the side. And I know there's so many other really good scenes, but for me personally, being such a big Chernobyl fan, I was like, this is all I needed. I needed this. Thank you. No, I agree with you again. As soon as I freaking saw it, I was like, um, I know Brittany's going to fucking love this. Um, it was hilarious because, as you said, you expected Chernobyl to tell her to go, like, fuck herself, right? Um, by the way, I have to say that that whole scene in general was hilarious at that, like, um, hotel 
because you know how like House on the Rock is a real place. I went to look. I went to look to see if that hotel is a real place, and it's not. Because I thought it'd be really funny if it's a real place, and it's just getting freaking like roasted on American Gods. Um, like the be- go ahead, sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say it would have been a great place for a convention. Right. Um, I just thought it was really funny when that one woman's like, "Wow, we, you know, the last time we were full," and Ibis cuts her off and goes, "Never." <laughs> And I just fucking died at that. <laughs> what was it? The last time we were what? So the woman was telling Ivis, you know, like, they're all booked up, right? Like, all the rooms are booked. And she's like, wow, the last time we were all booked up. And Ivis is like, never. <laughs> like, never. You were never all booked up. I think um, like, just in case for later on. I love when Chernobyl was throwing his fucking fit uh, on the roof, and he was like, "Fuck you to the moon!" and just starts like destroying everything. You just hear the thudding and freaking uh, like oh Cordelia going, "Are you ever afraid that's not gonna work?" And then he walks in. And he's like, "We leave in the morning. I'm going to yeah. sleep." I thought that was so great. Um, yeah, I love the little scene of Chernabog with the woman. I was kind of happy to see him get some action. You know, I'm, I'm sure that it doesn't happen often. I'm sure it doesn't happen often for him. So, you know, I thought that was great. Um, what you call it? I have a question to ask. Um, you know, we talked briefly about this last time, but, you know, I really have ended up loving Cordelia in this uh in the show and i love particularly her like attachment to shadow not in like a bad way where it's like she views shadow like family almost you know she like runs and like hugs him like she's you know not like afraid to be that close and feel that way even though maybe they don't know each other that well or anything it's like like siblings yeah, exactly, exactly. So I felt I felt like most bad for her when Wednesday died because it's like she doesn't know that she hasn't experienced what Shadow has experienced or anyone else to see. Like, you shouldn't be that sad. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved the whole hotel scene. I loved Chernabog. He was great in this last episode because I was wondering, you know, when we were going to see much of him because we didn't see a whole lot of him this season. By the way, is he the one that made everything go scary and black, like, when she th- first threw the spear? Like, and I know we'll go into that later, too. But was that him? I, I don't know if that was him or that was just supposed to be, like, the way the filming was to show, like, there's, like, don't focus on anything else. It's these things, like, this moment that you have to focus on. I no. felt that that was... Sorry, the clouds came from behind him. Sorry, I, I, mean, I like the clouds came from behind him, and he literally is the darkness. That's his well. Whole- then I, I thought that was Wednesday's doing because you know he controls the weather. So it's like I don't know whose that was. Oh, I want to know now. <laughs> no, but I loved it. I thought it was great. So definitely, Chernabog fucking. Um, I don't know what she's called. The receptionist, the bellhop, like whatever she was. <laughs> All of it with that few of guests. What did you say? I said with that few of guests. Who knows? 
Yeah, right? <laughs> Which begs, like, the question, how are they still in business if, say, no one goes there practically? Oh, no. She must be lonely there. Well, we, right? Uh, She's lonely for one night. That That's why she went with Chernobyl, because she's so lonely. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, yeah, I love it. I think that's a great number eight. I'm going to go to number seven, and I'm going to just, I'm just going to put it out here. I love meeting Liam. I'm just going to put Liam Doyle. That's it. That's the thing, Liam Doyle. First of all, I love that episode, episode eight. I literally have it on in the background right now. I love everything about it. I loved finding out about the Peacock Hotel. I loved Tony. I loved Celine getting his groove on in it. I love that whole thing. But I loved Laura meeting Doyle. I love her going in and she's like, God, another fucking leprechaun. And I love when she goes, I love when she sees him at the bar and she says that she's Laura Moon. And his first thing is, don't fuck with me. <laughs> um, sorry, were you going to say something? No, I just say I would be the same too. I'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and and she's like, what the hell? And I love the reveal that Wednesday was going to hire him to kill her, and he decided not to do it, and that's why Wednesday destroyed his coin. Because before the season came out, when Leon, when Ewan Rion. I'm not sure if I'm saying the actor's name correctly. I'm probably not. But when he was saying that um, Wednesday destroyed his coin, I was like, why? And now it makes more sense. So I like that explanation, um, which again begs the question, does Wednesday just go to leprechauns to do his dirty work? He's just like... <laughs> yeah. I guess they're notorious scumbags because they are kind of scumbags in the mythology like realm. Is that why... Liam says, he's like, I always knew I was a bit of a scumbag, but when the Lord of all scumbags comes to tell, you know, comes to you to do his dirty work, you know you've gone somewhere wrong in life. Um, that's think, interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> they're kind of like tricksters. They're kind of like, I don't know. I just, I consider them more of like, I mean, they're like in the Faye spectrum, which are kind of assholes as it is. Mm, okay, so there you go. So that's a good explanation, but um, yeah, I'm going to, there's so much to say about Liam, I'm just going to go through it quickly, where it's like, I love that, you know, at first Laura was really hesitant about Liam, and I love that, uh, I love that the episode you thought that maybe he really did just fuck off with the coin, you know, the whole episode you didn't see him back, and you're like, oh my god, did he literally just take the coin and run with it, and then when he comes back out of the horde, and he's so, like, freaked out where he was just like I didn't think I was getting back here he was like what the fuck is wrong with that guy in reference to Matt Sweeney I love that shit I was like this is hilarious <laughs> like whenever like she goes I didn't think you were coming back and he's like yeah me neither <laughs> yeah me either you and me both and I love where he's like no no no, no. I know that spear that's not just a regular spear that's gung near what are you going to do with it? And her just like, I'm going to go kill Wednesday. Like, I love that shit. And, um, it. No, oh, you betrayed me. No, it does. He was just like, well, all yeah, right, And I'll say really quick before I pass on to you to get your thoughts that I loved the scene where he was teaching her how to throw the sword, uh, not sword, but the spear. 
and where she almost slept with him because she was like, oh, you know, I might die, you know, I'm alive again, like, you know, you're good looking. And at first it was going to happen and that it didn't, I thought that was really great character development for her. And I love that he wasn't, like, mad about it. He was just kind of like, you know, you're very cynical. Like, you're you're very serious. And we should just talk about, like, bowling or skydiving or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really appreciated that scene because it's like, if she had slept with him, I would have been like, perfectly fine with that but i thought it was nice that she's like i want to be different i want to not have to like chase sex to be like you know a uh, way of escaping well i think that's what laura was saying she was like that's what i did all the time you know i just like randomly slept with guys because you know i didn't I didn't think about myself enough to you know you know it's like i understood what she was saying right and I love that she decided not to do it, where it's like, you know, yes, you're very good looking and, you know, probably would want to do this. And maybe at some point it'll happen, but like not for the simple excuse of like, oh, I'm going to die tomorrow, you know, like, uh, let me just do this without thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like I understood where she was coming from there. Um, yeah. So I, I really like that. And again, I like that Liam didn't take it offensively. He wasn't like, oh, well, so we're not fucking. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> I did like his little comment, though, where he was like, and I was just getting used to the idea. <laughs> so, like, uh, uh, I say about this? Yeah. <laughs> but um, what do you think about Liam, our, our new leprechaun? You know, at first I was like, God, they're really going to just shoehorn another leprechaun into us. It's like nothing replaces Sweeney. And then I was like, but I really like this guy and I hate that I like him so much. <laughs> I really like him. I loved his uh, his personality. I thought he was great. Um, and again, that's why I said that I... I want to see him team up with them next season. But did you kind of worry that Chernobog did hit him? I was worried for a second, and then I was, like, really hoping that it was just more of, like, like just a, like a glancing blow. Yeah. Um, I think that that was the thing where it's, like, if he didn't have the coin, it probably would have fucking clocked him in the head and killed him. But because he had his coin, it was like more of like a swipe, and we saw him go into the horde at that point. You know? He wouldn't have been able to go into the horde if he was dead. <laughs> yeah, did you not have a moment, by the way, where you're like, um, oh, there's something I was going to say about him. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, that the spear was going really fucking slow in that scene. And you're like, I mean, Chernobyl is, like, trying to murder them in the span it's taking the spear to get over to fucking Odin. Well, I was so worried. I was like, oh, my God. It's like, did they just introduce Liam just to kill him off? Uh, I was watching that whole scene just unfold, sitting there going, like, no. No, I I just got Liam, and I don't need to see him leave. <laughs> I know, we just got, they just killed Sweeney. Let us have something. Let us have something. So in the last episode, when Laura's like, where's Doyle? And they're like, the world said, um, you know, your contract or your agreement doesn't cover that guy. And I'm like, okay, but he's alive, right? Like, I can accept that, you know, maybe he's not under the protection, uh, but he is alive at least. 
That's what I took it as. He got the big bonk. I was just like, don't you do it, Chernabog. Don't you do it. <laughs> but yeah, so. Every character I love killing one of your characters. Yes, that's exactly what. See, I don't like this. I don't like this. But no. <laughs> um, so yeah, number seven is just like Liam Doyle entirely. I love this character. I was waiting for him to come in. Um because I, I really like the actor, so I was like, when are we going to see Liam? And I'm happy that we finally did. So, yeah, that's my number seven. Brittany, what's your number six? Well, let me see here. Because I kind of changed up my list as we've been going on. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... Is this my uh, third pick? Um. Yeah. I'm going to go with Demeter turning back to Grain. Yeah. By the way, before you go into that, Brittany was texting me yesterday, like, in all caps, and did Demeter just die? <laughs> I was so upset. I cried real human tears, Tia. Real human tears. It wasn't fair. Now, but you know what's funny? So, okay, the scene I'm talking about is with Demeter, like, you know, she signed the paperwork, uh, Odin's like, oh, I've gotten you to leave, it's great, you know, like, we're gonna go, I won, you know, he almost is like, he doesn't say it, but I almost kind of got that vibe from him, and when she, like, he, like, where Cordelia, Cordelia's like, oh, she's outside, and he looks outside, and she's just looking back at him and slowly returning to the sky, and it starts pouring rain because she said that she never got a chance to, like, actually mourn her lost child. And it's like, I thought that was, like, her way of grieving. But also, like, what got me was whenever Odin is like, okay, we'll leave, you know, and uh, then, you know, about the old gods, and it was like he just couldn't stop. And I shipped here and Demeter so hard, and I didn't want to, but I did, because he was always there for her. He was clearly the better person for Demeter. I loved when that one, when the orderly was like, this Odin guy is kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, critic. I, um... I love the scene, by the way, when Tyr is telling Wednesday, like, actually listen to her. You know, don't, you know, to me it was just so clear that they loved each other because when Odin was doing that, like, little play, Tyr was sitting behind Demeter and, like, put his hand on her shoulder and she, like, reached back and held it. So it was very clear that they loved each other. But, yeah, um, that scene with Demeter returning to Grain was very sad. I kind of found it a little funny, and I'll only tell you because it's like, it's like the idea of being with you literally just makes me want to turn back to dust. <laughs> it's like, well, I'd rather I, do this. I thought it was like the ultimate fuck you. Like, you know, like, oh, you think you've won? Well, you haven't. You know what I mean? It's very, like, it's very powerful. I, I, I felt that way as well. Where, um, you know, what should I call it? What was I going to say? Yeah, I felt that way as well because... Odin really felt like he won. And as you said, he couldn't help himself. They're literally talking about their lost child. They're talking about their lost love. 
And then he couldn't help but talk about the fucking war with the new gods. And it's not the time, dude. Not the time. Well, one thing that got me is Tyr said, just listen to what she wants. And he never asked her once what she actually wanted. Right, because she said that she wanted to stay in that place. That she felt like a goddess. And he, you know, diminished that. And it's like, dude, it it doesn't matter what you think about it. You know, if that's how she feels worshipped, who the fuck cares? And I, my whole time was, I was like, do you, but you know, ever since that last scene with Wednesday, I'm second-guessing every loving relationship he's ever had. I don't think he's ever, like, loved once. I think that that was the point, and I think that that's what the show is trying to tell us, that this is a guy who literally doesn't care. I don't think it's, like, to me, I think the only, the only death I think he cared about, in my personal opinion, was the death of Donar. The only one. Yeah, that and Zariah. Sometimes, sometimes I think about that. I'm like, did he? I don't know. Part, like, or was it just a ploy to get the old gods all Was wound? it just a Exactly. What did he use that to his advantage? Did he have a feeling? Because again, not to go into it fully, but it's very obvious that Mr. World is who I think Mr. World is. Yeah. Mr. World is who I think Mr. World is. Then that death was completely planned. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh yeah. no, I didn't think about that. Oh no, he's a monster. I love Wednesday, and now I hate him. <laughs> what is a better way to rally the old gods who are feeling as if they didn't want to be part of Wednesday's war for Wednesday to show that the new gods will indeed kill the old gods? Because before they were like, oh, the old gods aren't. I mean, before the old gods were like, the new gods aren't doing anything. They're just there. You know, we just can live. And Wednesday showed them. No, they're willing to kill one of our own. Someone like Zariah, they're willing to kill. And it's like everyone got rallied and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was planned. That was 100% planned. I've never felt more attacked in my entire life. Well, that's kind of what makes Demeter great, where it's like she knew Odin's bullshit. She didn't fall for it anymore. She was like, everyone else is. I won't. I'd literally fucking die. Literally rather die than be with you. You know what's funny? It's like, it's sitting back, you definitely see why the old gods are so weary of him now. Yeah, this whole time everyone's like, you know, what's the opposite of welcoming someone with open arms? Like, arms crossed <laughs> with him, you know? And you realize that now is because they've all seen all the evidence before that says, like, you should not trust this guy at all. You know, I feel like we're going to see a moment kind of like uh, in The Resident where every, there's a big flashback that reveals the whole plot <laughs> leading up, like everything that's been happening. I feel like we're going to get that eventually. I mean, I hope so. That is a thing that I feel like is earned. But um, I love Demeter. I knew that you were going to love Demeter. I still feel, even though we saw Demeter leave, right? I still feel that in season four, because I'm not going to talk about a hypothetical season four. Season four is happening, all right? I'm speaking into existence. Um, in season 
in season four with Shadow being on the world tree, right, um, there's a need for her. In the book, it's Easter, right? Well, the the actress who played Easter left, so rather than recasting Easter, you just get a god that does the same exact thing. So I think they still introduced her to show, like, you know, well, she's still there when we need her. Um, So that was my opinion. If we think that she can do what we think she can do, and this is like a spoiler thing, right? (laughs) What? Could she not have brought back her own child, do you think? Or do you think that was too much? It may have been too much. Um, Perhaps, maybe. And not enough worship for a god that nobody believes in yet? Yes, something like that. I'm not entirely sure. You know, that wasn't anything that they had to deal with in the book when they were using Easter. Um, So that is a little bit of a plot hole that, you know, we probably wouldn't find an explanation for, but I, I'm kind of okay with it. You know, like, yeah, no, I, I, I think we just go under, like, that theory and go, yeah, that's fine, that's good enough. Can I tell you something so funny? So every time we do an American Gods podcast, I always like to have it in the background just to, you know, think about it um and be in like the mood and it's the scene where cordelia is driving and she like sniffs herself and realizes she needs deodorant and i'm like and i'm like why is cordelia the most relatable person (laughs) i know like i love that she loves wednesday i know and it makes me sad because i'm like he's gonna break your heart no that reminds me of, like, when I was just pipelining, it was, like, my boss would go, uh, stop trying to impress me because I'm never going to be happy. Like, never, nothing's ever enough. Like, you know, he was joking, but he was being serious, right? And it yeah. makes me think of, like, it made me think of Wednesday, where it's like, stop trying to impress me, nothing's ever good enough. I I know, I know. It just makes me sad. I really hope to see more of her in season four. I hope it's not one of those things where it's like, all right, well, you're not the driver anymore. You're not needed, so we're not, we have no need for you. It's like, no, you introduced a really great um, start of a, like, friendship between Shadow and Cordelia, um, and I don't want to see that leave. I mean, neither. I I just, I feel like it's supposed to be a big team up. And I feel like, you know, you're going to have Chernobog, you're going to have the others. It was just like, oh, like, freaking Chernobog cares a lot for someone that wants to bash freaking Shadow's head in. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, it's, their relationship is certainly a strange one. Um, I have to say that I enjoyed, this is a, a touchy subject. But I enjoyed seeing Chernobog and Ibis um, essentially be Shadow's, like, guardians in that sense. Even though, even though in the book, that's supposed to be Mr. Nancy. So they clearly are moving Ibis. Yeah, so they're clearly moving Ibis in more of that sort of role. Um, But... What you call it? Yeah, so it's like I did enjoy the dynamic, but it is still you know that the reason why that's happening is because Mr. Nancy isn't a part of it. Yeah, 
I I better say like that makes sense, but now I'm sad about it all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I was talking to Michael on when we did our review, right? And I said something to the effect of the only reason really why I kind of prefer this is because, you know, Chernobog is so brash, right? And Ibis is so even keel. Um and so you have Chernobog who's so brash and Mr. Nancy in the show is so like, you know, um, a big personality. It's like, I'm not sure if that's something that would have worked with Shadow. He kind of needs like a more even keel person. Um, but okay. Michael, but Michael reminded me that in the book, Mr. Nancy is a lot more toned down than he was in the show. So it's kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to throw it out here, but I love uh, Demeter turning into green. I loved you crying over it. <laughs> Only because I was like... What the heck? No, I, I love hearing your emotional reaction to the show because it's like, that's what I want to elicit from people. You know, it's a good show. So I'm, I'm glad that you felt this. I feel like I should explain, too, for anybody listening. It's like... I love Demeter especially because I love the story of Persephone and Hades, and Demeter is the mother of Persephone that mourned her, like, being taken to, you know, Hades, uh, to Tartarus, and being, like, you know, and she mourned by throwing the world into uh, a famine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Very like Demeter. Yeah, exactly. and. I just love Blythe Banner as Demeter, too. That actress is so wonderful in that role. Um, So, yeah, great number six. I'm going to hit number five, and I'm going to put Laura saying goodbye to Sweeney. Um, (laughs) So can I explain something really quick? Um, Now that the season is over, I can kind of say this. Um, So I was given a spoiler list of all the episodes before the season came out, right? Um, Because I was in touch with the press team and I got screeners and everything. And they gave us a list of all, at first they gave us a list of only the first nine episodes, right? I got the episode 10 later, but I was given a list of all the spoilers to not mention right prior to the episodes coming out. But when they but when they gave you the episodes to watch, it was like, I got the first four, I got, you know, then, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so my point in saying that is I saw the screeners and saw I saw the spoilers for the episodes before I watched them. So in episode eight, when it says under the spoiler list of things not to reveal, Laura saying goodbye to Sweeney. But I hadn't seen the episode yet, so I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And I remember I was talking to Michael um, on a podcast before the season came out, and he was like, maybe Laura goes into the horde and sees Sweeney there. Maybe Sweeney comes back, but she has to say goodbye to him. Maybe the- So it's like all these speculations of like, are we going to see Sweeney back? Are we going to see Sweeney back? And then when you see it, and then when you see it, and it's like, it's her saying goodbye, like, tossing his ashes into the water. I was like, oh, no, this is heartbreaking. Did you not die laughing when she was like, fuck fuck you, bye. It's so Laura. It's so Laura. Like, you know, and I love the lead up to that, right? 
Laura thinks that she really fucked up. She thinks that Liam really left with the spear. She's not going to be able to kill Wednesday. You know, not only is she going to die, but Salim and Shadow are going to die. You know, she feels like she fucked up everything, which, you know, she had already felt like she had fucked up before because, um, remember, she was trying to bring Sweeney back. And she accidentally put, you know, the coin in his hand, which was admittedly the worst place you could have put it. You should have put it in his mouth. Um, but, you know, she fucked that up. She fucked up her marriage. She fucked up everything, right? So she's feeling so low on herself, but she realizes that she has to say goodbye because she's been carrying around that box. And Celine made it very, you know, obvious to her that, like, hey, you're getting on me for not moving on from the gin. But you're not moving on from Sweeney. Um, and so her... Sir? What'd you say? I'm glad he lost the sweater. I am, too. I was like, th- I have a comment on that. Remind me to bring that back. I just want to talk about the Laura thing, but I, I have a comment about that. Okay. I was going to say... I was going to say that, you know, so you see Laura standing on the bridge and she's like taking like this big breath in. She's like, I fucked up again. And she's just sitting there. And it's like, you know, again, you know, just like how she was with Celine, you know that she wanted to say I love you, but she can't because she's Laura. So her going, all right, fuck you. Goodbye. Like knowing that she had to do it like really quickly. <laughs> and I was just like, it's so Laura, but it's, it's the validation that I need as someone who ships Matt Sweeney and Laura together, I was like, it's a validation. Even though he's dead and they can't be together, it's at least a validation that I need. But I, I want to say... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I wish she had said it, but I understand why she didn't. I understand why she didn't. Like, I think that it wouldn't have been in her character to be like, I love you, I think to me, again, when she said to Salim, like, I fucking care about you, and then he goes, I love you too, and she doesn't say, like, oh, whoa, whoa, I didn't say that. It's like, you know that that's what she means. It's just, this is Laura. She's stubborn as fuck. Um, so I really like that as sad and bittersweet as it was. I wanted to say about the Salim thing is that I loved him losing the sweater, and I, I feel like, um, Again, when I talk to Omid, I hate throwing that. Like, I like throwing that. There, I also hate sounding like I'm flexing here. But no, when I said to, flex, girl, when I, I was talking to Omid, who's just so nice, by the way, I said that I love the actor who plays the Jin. Right? I love Musa. Um, but either I don't want him, like I want him to come back, right? I do want him to come back, but I almost don't want him and Celine to get back together. And he kind of laughed, and he's like, well, you know, if they do get back together, like, there's going to have to be some major ground rules. And it's like, oh, yeah, Salim is going to have to tell the djinn, like, off. Yeah. Yeah, like, I would love to see that, because, I mean, the djinn shook his face. He shook everything. He upturned his life and then just disappeared. Right? He just literally, like, up and left, and that was just so wrong. I know, it was very sad, but I love the scene of him, like, getting with that one guy, and I thought it was awesome. I loved it. I was like, yes, Salim, do it. Um, I thought it was great, but what did you think about Laura saying goodbye to Sweeney? Oh, I cried again. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very emotional season for me, Tia. (laughs) It was, it was. Um, It was very sad. 
I just was like, I, I was like, can we just have happiness for five seconds? Oh, no, we can't. Well, okay, then no. fuck you, too. We had slight happiness in Lakeside, and then even that, we couldn't have nice things. I know, right? But it was just like, I don't know. I just, I know why she didn't say I love you, but I was like, I was like, wanted it so bad that, like, I knew why we couldn't, but it was still like, you know what I mean, where it's just so emotional and raw, you're just like, ugh, please. Well, if there was ever a moment, for Laura to say that she loves Sweeney. It was that moment. Yeah. And I think it's just like, it just made me really miss Sweeney and I wish he would come back. And it really was the moment where we're like, he's not coming back. Yeah, the moment where you realize like, this is it. This is, you know, not only is Laura saying goodbye to Sweeney, this is essentially like, we have to say goodbye to Sweeney. Um, I think what I loved about Laura so much this season is that, you know, I feel like obviously she wants to kill Wednesday because, you know, for her own reasons, he killed her. But I don't you feel like Sweeney dying was the final straw where she was like, I, I'm going to avenge him. And this is for Sweeney. Yeah, like, I don't think she'd be near as pissed. I think it was just her. And she got her life back together, she'd yeah. be done. Because we did see her work with Wednesday whenever she right. wanted to get a little bit better. Right. So it's like, yeah, she was pissed. But just to echo what you were saying, if she was able to be brought back to life and Sweeney was still alive, then I think she would have just went on her way, you know? Um, but the fact that Sweeney was killed, I think to her, was just such a huge driving factor. Um, and I'm telling you again, as, like, a mad wife shipper, as she was, like, throwing the spear, I was like, for Sweeney! <laughs> I know, like, uh, you know what's funny is beforehand I was, like, a little sad, because I was like, oh, no, you know, because I like Odin, and then when he did that shit to Shadow at the end, I was like, fuck that guy! Fuck that guy! Back. <laughs> um, you know what's a really funny thing, right? Um, when the scene happened where Laura says goodbye to Sweeney's ashes, someone, I guess, tagged Pablo Schreiber in it, and he tweeted, he was like, he goes, yes, good. He's like, now she can move on and be the badass and kill that one-eyed fuck. (laughs) And I'm like, I I love seeing him support, even though he's not on the show anymore. I know. By the way, I felt like I could hear your hand clapping, like, where you were really putting <laughs> on it and made me laugh. I'm using my microphone this time. It's it's It should be picking up shit. I feel all official with my microphone. No, I love it. I'm just dying. Do you have a microphone when you do your stream? You do, right? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I really like the one I'm using, by the way. I'm not sponsored or anything. I'm just saying. I really like this one. (laughs) No, I I need to use my mic more, but it's way more comfy to lay here. Oh, you know, I'm just saying, like, you know what it is? Um, Because this is so off topic and so, like, behind the scenes, but, like, who cares? People listen to us. They know we talk about shit. Um... You know, so many times I use my headphones when we're doing this through my phone, and I go back and listen, and there's kind of, like, this, like, 
tingy sort of sound, and I really think it comes from my headphones because it's only when I talk. It's not when you talk. So I'm like, maybe if I start using my microphone, um, it'll be different. Yeah, because um, what it is is I think sometimes that, that noise comes from a, um, what's it called, like too high of a gain or like you get it a lot with like headset mics and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, whatever kind of mic you got, you may just get like a little, uh, like, um, what's it called, like a foam covering for it. Yeah. I, I may get that. Yeah, I'm trying to make my way up in this world, in the in the podcast world. You know, it's all about getting better equipment. Are you making your way uptown, walking fast to your home now? <laughs> By the way, all right, really quick, again, off topic. Um, because the show is playing in the background, the scene when Wednesday goes to Chernobog. Um, you know, to say like maybe we should talk about peace to the world. A, didn't Chernobyl kind of look good in that, like, shirt and everything in his overalls? I was like, okay, I see you. And also, day's work. why is when, so this is my theory again, why is Wednesday so gung-ho, right, this entire series about the war? And then literally in this episode, coming to frickin' Chernobog all defeated, like, oh, let's do peace. You can say, like, oh, it's because he lost Demeter. And I say, no, it's because there was a plan in action because he knew that Laura was going to meet him at a certain place at a certain time to do things and everything. And it's like, this is all, and, you know, you have to go there all sad to make it seem a certain way to turn pocket. He's such a scammer, Brittany. He's such a scammer. Uh, you know, I sat there and thought it was because he wanted to renew and show, you know, the old gods, like, oh, yeah, you know, these guys will never, you know, like, never work with us. Right. No. I, I think, I don't know. Wednesday is just such a fucking scumbag. <laughs> I, I went from loving him to, I feel, uh, and I took that personally. You did love it Wednesday. We, I have proof on these top tens that how much you love Wednesday. Hey, hey, he broke our trust, you. I feel like Ian McShane would hear this and be like just cackling his evil little old man laugh. He'd be like, well, didn't you read the book? <laughs> <laughs> it's very obvious. <laughs> he, and you said with your freaking uh, interview, he was just like, like basically Wednesday. Oh my god, it was so hilarious, our interview, right? Because um, when I interviewed Ian McShane, it was before episode 9 had come out. But I had seen the episode prior, right? Um, So I said to him, I go, you know, I'm going to put this interview out after episode 9 comes out. So maybe we can talk about spoilers. Because, you know, episode 9 is the one that Wednesday is killed. So it's like, it'd be cool if we could talk about this. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, he's like, I love spoilers. He's like, I don't believe in that whole don't say something because it's not, it's going to spoil, you know? And it's like, <laughs> it's so obvious because he was, like, revealing things that not only, de- okay, so not only was he talking about episode 9, he was talking about what happened in episode 10 that hadn't come out. And then he was talking about things that 
would be revealed in the season four. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Ian, none of this stuff has happened yet. And if you're not a book reader, you don't know any of the shit. Like he was talking, he was like, well, what if Mr. World is? And in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly who he is. But people don't know that. <laughs> I know. That's like the equivalent when you're like going to watch a movie or a book and somebody is like, oh, you're going to love the big twist. And it's like, well, now I'm expecting a twist. Yeah, now now my expectations are here where I'm like going to wait for the twist. If there's no twist or it doesn't live up, then I'm going to be severely disappointed. <laughs> jokes on us, we're always disappointed. <laughs> jokes on you, always disappointed. But yeah, sorry, I have to say it was just like, again, that ending, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second, but that ending was so obvious where it was like, um, they're going in the direction of Mr. World. And I gotta tell you, I'm kind of liking it. And we talked before where we wouldn't be down for it because of the way they were setting up, but ever since season three, I'm like, I now accept it, and I need it to happen. If it doesn't happen, then that's not cool. I think it would be very awkward if it didn't happen now. Yeah, exactly. They laid the groundwork. By the way, did you feel that um, Tech Boy and Mr. World were essentially the reflection and mirror image of Shadow and Wednesday? It was like both of them got betrayed this season. <laughs> I know that I, uh, freaking tech is just like, I'm just trying to live my life and be normal. And I found out I'm some kind of badass and you're keeping me from this. Uh, yeah. So quick. Like, by the way, uh, Utini did so good imitating him. Well, so, um, uh, what should we call it? Wait, so it, you're number four, right? Um, and I'll tell you right now that that scene is my number three. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll stay away from it then. I'll stay away. All right, so, but what is your number four? Let me see here. Where's some of this? Uh, number four. So I have two left. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm going to go with uh, Tech versus the Children. Oh, that was such a good scene. Is that okay? Is that on your list? Yeah. Way? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. The reason I loved it so much was because it was like, you know, he, he breaks out and you're like, okay, he's on a war path now. Like, when Mr. World's all creepy and he's like, oh, you know, like, almost like mocking. And I was thinking, dude, he's about to get out. He's very salty <laughs> right now. But I was just like, uh, I'm going to give it more than five seconds of him leaving before you try to do, like, this big massive breakout, please. Uh, I thought the same way. <laughs> like, if you give it, like, five seconds, please. And so that part was so good. And then, like, the part where he's just eating the raw data and that one person was like, um, that's so messed up. And he's just looking like a hungry little, like, badger. That scene was so great. All right, go ahead. Full <laughs> scene. Cool, I just loved him, like, like, and I guess it leads in as long as it's okay of him finding the flint. So, um, what should I call it? I love Tech getting out of the head wrapper, and then I loved him, like, he he, like put his fingers into like the children's like heads, and he was like. <laughs> so nasty 
<laughs> but he it was badass. I was like, Tech Boy is definitely exuding some like big dick energy over here. <laughs> He he was very salty about what happened to him, and he's like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm very tired of it. I'm tired of being treated like an asshole. And I liked um, when he reversed the head grabber onto the other guy. He was like, if you, he goes, didn't you think if I could get out of that shit that I wouldn't reprogram it, you know? And I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, um, I thought it was, like, awesome to see him actually, like, be okay again and i'm trying not to like encroach upon your like number three (laughs) for like the reason why i just i just love the whole scene in general because he was so violent he's so funny he chose violence that day (laughs) chose violence yes i uh i just i really appreciate this growth that he's gone through because i really thought they were going to kill him off quick because did you think when he was being all creepy or, like, all lynchy in season one that you were actually going to come to like him? Hell no. In season one, I couldn't stand him. I was like, this little fucker over here. Um, I couldn't stand him because, you know, he was just such a, like, little asshole, right? I think the only part that I think I really liked of him in season one, just because I thought it was so funny, was the Vagina Nebula line. To me, I was like, okay, that's funny. That was funny. I just like he's just I don't know. He's he's worthless, but he's our worthless little baby. I started really liking him in season two because you started seeing more of him. You started like it became more tangible, and then him against like new media, who I started to say was just so insufferable to me. I was like media. And I feel bad because, like, I'm sure the actress is really nice in real per- in real life. I just couldn't stand her character. Um, so to me, I was like, you know, you, to see Tech Boy against her, you know, said more. Then we get the backstory of Tech Boy, right? And then you get, like, where you feel bad for him because his friend isn't paying attention to him. You know, so, so anyway, my whole point is that I started really liking Tech Boy and started seeing that, hey, there's this, like, huge division between him and Mr. World. That's interesting. I'd love to see that developed more. Um, and so I like that they did that in season three. And I especially like, again, I know I keep saying this all the time, but to the book, right? Um, this isn't really a spoiler. It's in my opinion, because I feel at this point they're never going to go in this direction. This What they did in this season was their way of kind of putting elements in it without doing it. So just to let everyone know, in the book, um, Tech Boy literally kills Bilquis by running over her in his limo. Um, and fucked up. Yeah. Which is really bad because he has a line in the book where he was like, you're a material girl living in a digital world, you know? Like, he has this line. Um, So when he kills Bilquist, Bilquist, as she's dying, puts a curse on Tech Boy. And it drives Tech Boy crazy, but you're never given an explanation as to why he's going crazy. And he's, like, literally banging himself into, you know, walls. And it essentially drives him so insane that he he dies as a result, right? So it's, like, to see them use elements of that in this, but then turn it around where it's, like, he accepts it. Just so great. So great. Do you not feel like Bill Chris, like, 
really helped him for someone that, like, you know, he's really fucked with this entire series. In reality, Billquist gave Tech Boy the best um, gift that, you know, and I obviously I don't think she was doing it to, you know, benefit him. You know, she was angry at him when she shoved him and kind of injected that whole thing into him. But, in fact, I think it was the best thing that could have been done because it helped Tech with his growth. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I love Tech versus the Children. Um, fun fact that Bruce Langley revealed on Twitter, because you know when he's eating the raw data, I said to, um, I said where I was like, I wonder if that's like a fruit roll-up that they just put like black food dye in. And I actually, I actually tweeted that out to him during like the live viewing of the episode and he was like no that would have been better it was like velcro or something that he had to keep like spitting out <laughs> no I thought you I'm like why can't you just have given him a fruit roll up <laughs> imagine though some poor fucking intern just like rubbing black food dying into like fruit roll ups from walmart <laughs> He's sitting there, he's all angry, he's like, this is big work, I can't believe I'm doing this, I don't get paid enough. <laughs> if it was back in the olden day, you wouldn't get paid at all. Right? The interns weren't paid at all at some point. They really were free labor. And I know this because I did intern at a place for free. <laughs> That, that was my biggest fear when I started, like, interning at the IT department. I fully was expecting not to get paid. And they were like, why the fuck wouldn't we pay you? What are you I talking know. about? And I was like, well, you see, my friend. Well, well I, think it's a th- I think it's a thing now where they're required to pay. I think something went into effect where they're like, you know what, this is free labor that, you know, companies are taking advantage, and so they got rid of the whole free interns. Um, so they have to, I think, by law, pay you something. Um, like, as a side note, you do free labor forever, and it's like, oh, what do you get? Well, you might get a job, or we get rid of you the moment you're eligible to hire. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, well, you intern for the experience, and it's like, you know, you're not always going to get hired there, and then it's like, once you do that, that's the end of your connection, and then, okay, you can say that you interned maybe for a semester, and you're like, okay, so? <laughs> so? So? Um, so, yeah, uh, which one calls it? Where are we going with the whole intern thing? Oh, yeah, the whole intern with the fruit roll-up, so, you know, they're getting, <laughs> they're getting paid at least now, but, yeah, yeah. I love I love tech versus the children. I just love seeing badass tech. I'm like, yes, go do it. You know? um, I think that he is, even before, we'll talk about the reveal in a second, but even before that, I was like, he's a god of technology. Like, that has to be a very powerful god. Um, which I love, what did he say when they put the head grabber back on him? He's like, I am the lord of humanity. And I kind of thought that was funny. <laughs> He's like, I am a lord of humanity. And I was like, you are getting very intense right now. I'm going to need you to dial that back to a 10 instead of the 20 that you were at. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So I loved it. Number four, Tuck versus the Children. I'm going to get number three. And it is going to be 
uh, Tech and Bilquis while in the head grabber. Like, Bilquis as Tech's subconscious. I love it. By the way, really quick, just on that note, do you not love that they call it the head grabber? The head grabber, yeah. How, what else are you going to call it, right? It's like, I don't even know how else to call that shit. No, uh, virtual torture? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, oh, tell, Brittany, tell me you didn't love this scene. Like, tell me it, was, it wasn't so unexpected where you're like, wait, what am I watching right now? This is the best thing ever. I think if, like, if I hadn't seen that gif, right, I would have been mm-hmm. taken so off guard. But it was so alert because you titty, like, the way she, like, flipped her switch to acting like, tech like really like caught me off guard in a good way where i was like what the fuck is going on but when she grabbed fucking nuts and was like i'm gonna rip them off little pussy boy or something like that and then i'm gonna like i was like oh shit oh my god yeah so in the spoiler list right that's never said so i didn't know about that scene so i'm watching it for the first time i'm like Watching it unfold was so, like, jarring, but in a good way, where I'm like, wait, is this really happening? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I just thought it was so great. Um, but as you said, like, you said it, give Yatete all of the awards just for that scene alone. The fact that she did such a, like, you could tell in her voice she was trying to imitate, like, how Tech Boy's voice is, and it's just like, what did she say? She's like, um, she called him a douche canoe. She's like, well, I'm not doing it for you, you douche canoe. (laughs) Yeah, and like, uh, when she was like, did your subconscious have to do everything for you? And I was like, dude, I love whenever he, like, I love that he's very proud, by the way. I know that's going to sound weird, but, like, whenever she threatens to rip them off and he's just like, you couldn't even if you wanted to because this is in my mind. And, like, I, cause I, you know, most dudes would be like, no, not my nuts. Yeah, no, I, I loved it so much. Um, where he, he was like, because uh, then what the line before that was like, I couldn't even scratch my balls if I wanted to. And she's like, well, oh yeah, and she goes, I'm not doing it for you, you douche canoe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. As you said, like, um, what was he saying? He was saying something along the lines of like, you know, I don't have emotions. Why are you talking about subconscious? And she's like, you do now. And she's like, pay attention, fuckhead. She was like, you can't unthink a thought, you know? And she was like, you know, bringing it to him in a logical way where it's like, yeah, you got emotions now, buddy. <laughs> you And you can get yourself out of this. You always could. I wonder if it's like, did he always have emotions <laughs> that you just unlocked them? Or is it, you know, what is it? My personal feeling is that he always had them. She just unlocked him. Given what we find out later about him, I just think that in this version of himself, he came with, you know, a layer that blocked those. But I think that they were always there. Yeah. Which we saw, you know, in the scene where he's, like, hiding the automaton in the, you know, 1890s. He was definitely feeling emotions at that point. Um, which McCall said, I love that whole thing. I thought it was so great. I loved, like, the little therapy powwow when they're sitting down and she's like, 
all right, what's wrong? And he's like, I want world to get his fucking boot off my neck. You know, I thought that was very telling. It's like, it was very much like abusive dad. 100%. It definitely was where it was like, world was holding tech back. You know, imagine if tech boy could have just had free reign of himself. You know what? I just had a realization. Mm. And tell me if I'm wrong real quick. And I know this sounds crazy. Okay, can we go back to the reveal real quick, or is that your number one? It's kind of my number one, but we can still talk about it really quick. This, like, my only thing on it is if we go to who we think Mr. World is, do you not think that he actually would be Mr. World's child? Because wouldn't that be the ultimate, like, mischievous thing to give humans that kind of power? I mean, who knows? I saw some some people online thinking that um, Tech Boy was really Prometheus. Um, you know, the god of, like, fire. Which because that's would really make like sense. a very tech-used word, you know what I mean? Right, Prometheus. Um, so, it could be. Um, I'm not sure, honestly, about that. If that's where, if that's the direction that they went with it, um, that's cool. But I think that Tech Boy predates Mr. World, even. Um, so, that's my thing. Yeah. We were, so I was talking about it um, with Michael from Thoroughly Modern Reviewer, where it's like, if you think about it, there's not many older gods than, than Tech Boy, right? Who is older than that, right? Uh, besides that, I think that, didn't they say, um, remember season one, when we saw in the police station the gods with the, uh, the tree, right? Because they say first thing that humans worshipped was like nature and shit so it's like that has to be probably the only god that's older than tech boy that's true well you know another thing is um and this kind of like spoiler towards you know the book and everything but if tech isn't a new god per se and mr world may not be a new god. Who are the new gods? I almost feel as if new gods don't really exist. Um, it's, it's just something, like, a, a, like an invisible enemy. I think it's something that was concocted by Wednesday and who Mr. World is to create a divide between the quote-unquote old gods and the quote-unquote new gods, right? In reality, it's like, is there any real new god? You know, you can say, oh, media. It's like, you know, media is probably, that concept has existed for a very long time. Longer, you know, in the show, we're led to believe that, you know, she kind of came about when Roswell happened. But, you know, that could have just been that version of her. She could have been something else, you know, hundreds of thousands of years beforehand. Right. Yeah. So, to me, that's just how I feel about it. What'd you say? There's just so much to it. 
there there really is so it's like when you think about it you're like i have no idea what's going on but again this is why american guys needs to renew things for a season four but um yeah so my thing is with tech and bill quiz Brittany, did you have anything else you want to say about that um i was gonna say i really loved her hair by the way <laughs> i know it sounds so silly i loved her hairstyle in there With Bilquis, can you hear me? I can hear you, Brittany. Sorry, I had to put myself on mute for a second. Oh, no, I was just saying I love Bilquis. She's imitating Tech. I love that her hair was um, how Tech Boy's hair was in the, in the first episode, frankly, of the series. I thought that was fucking great. And that she was wearing his clothes, and that was really his clothes. It's not like... They got, you know, clothes to, you know, separate clothes that look like his. It's like, th- those are his clothes that, that she was wearing. Actually, that was actually his clothes. <laughs> those are actually his clothes that's that she awesome. was wearing. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I thought that that was really funny. Um, but, yeah, I love the tech and I We talked about this, right, where we said that we really hope that we saw a shit ton of interactions between Bilquis and Tech, and I have to say, I'm not disappointed at all with the interactions that we got. No. I, um... I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that last part you said. About, um, the, the interactions that we got? Yeah, no, I loved it. I loved everyone we got. I'm telling you, season three has to be my favorite. To me, it only gets better. Right? People really had a lot of shit to say about season two. I really like season two. I know that it had a lot of problems. Um, I will say that the only thing about season two now is that season three had to do a lot of, like, cleanup, essentially. Um, But as a whole, it's like I liked season two better than I liked season one, and I liked season three better than I liked seasons two and three. I mean, two and one, sorry. I know, I just missed Nancy. I feel like that would have made it perfect. Well, yeah, I mean, that was the thing that was missing, essentially, this season, was, you know, with Mr. Nancy, we got these really fantastic um, monologues, and that was missing. No one had a monologue moment. So, I saw... Like, Mr. Nancy was gone. At least we got a mention of new media in the final episode. I think that things were really... Things are really tense between Orlando Jones and Stars um, to the point where I think that they hesitate on using his name at all. Because, so before season three came out, right, there was like a, there, it wasn't a trailer per se, right? It wasn't a trailer for season three, but it was kind of like a, like compilation. So seasons two, one and two to kind of get people excited that season three was coming up. And in it, they were using things with Mr. Nancy in it, which were causing people to be asking Orlando Jones, like, oh, are you actually coming back? Because blah, blah, blah. And Orlando Jones, like, kind of blasted stars on Twitter saying, like, you're using my name and my face and you're you're not even bringing me back. And, you know, people are going to get confused and everything. And I feel like the tension between Orlando Jones and stars are just too great that they didn't even want to write him in like that 
That's crazy. That's some intensity. They gave him the Lord Voldemort treatment. She must not be named. That's how it feels, you know? And the thing is, is that there was, like, an interview with Neil Gaiman recently where Neil Gaiman was saying that he really hopes that things can be mended and Orlando Jones can come back. And I'm just like, I feel like that bridge has been burned. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, but anyway, let's move on to number two, which is your number one. So Brittany, what you got? Um, I'm going to go with Tear versus Odin. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm sorry. I just, I sometimes mute my microphone. So if I don't answer right away, I can hear you. I promise. <laughs> okay. No, it's just like whenever I talk and there's just dead silence, not even the motion of anything. I'm like, it sounds like the phone hung up and that's why I'm always weary. Um, I'm going to go with Tear versus Odin, not just their final fight, but kind of the lead up to it. Because when we see uh, Johan, you know, being dead, and I was like, man, you know, I thought we thought that Johan was the one that was, you know, killing these followers, this berserker that's gone crazy. But when you find out it's Tear, and Tear is kind of like, mm-hmm. I do kind of love that he's so just, you know. Because he is, in the end, I was like, man, this guy's a dickhead. But he is a man of his word. You know, he's he got Shadow to get, you know, Odin to come here. And even Tyr was, like, surprised whenever he was like, yeah, you know, let my son go. You know, I'll, you know, my life is yours. And Tyr does seem very surprised. But whenever he's like, oh, yeah, his honesty is his greatest weakness. And Tyr's like, strength. And I'm like, that's really sad. Or like what he was describing, you know, about Fenrir and how he lost his hand and how Odin always mocked him for it. But he was the reason why, you know, the wolf didn't destroy all of them. And I was like, that's really sad. And then it's like, but I was like, when they had that final fight and it sent them, I guess, like, what would be, would it be behind the curtain? Yeah, backstage. I think backstage is what they typically call it. Okay, like, backstage, and, like, when they're fighting, and Shadow interrupts, and Tears like, basically, like, I don't want to hurt you, but you interrupted the fight, which means I have to kill you because of the, you know, the rules, and then just watching Odin stab him through, I was like, well, this is real, you know, fucking depressing, because <laughs> I felt like Tear was always the good person and he was good to Demeter, he, and what, you know, and the thing was, is that you would think, like, with Demeter, he would be really salty, like, you know, I loved her, and, you know, she chose Odin, it's like, no, he swallowed that back because he wanted Demeter to be happy, and he didn't let on, you know, that he was hurt, he was always there for her. he didn't disappear, you know, he was always there, and he was there when their baby died, and he was there whenever she was in the hospital, and they still talked, and it's like, and she, he was still there then, and I'm like, Tear is like, like big old daddy over here just trying to be a good man it's like uh you know it's especially the type that where he's like tears like hello sir and and odin is like your daughter calls me daddy now (laughs) i feel like that's the two opposite sides of the coin um what i really like about tears first of all he's adaptable right um, Odin makes 
fun of him for being a dentist. And he says, well, I adapted. I adapted into this life. And I, you know, I make a decent living. I'm, you know, relatively successful and happy. And you're the one who's grifting around. And, you know, his thing is saying that, like, this, me- everyone keeps saying, like, this meaningless war that you're trying to get everyone in, you know? Um, I think Pierre falls under the category where he always wanted better for, say, like, their people. And mm-hmm. Odin was just concerned with how it was going to benefit him his worship, his, you know, his followers. And Tyr's like, this war isn't good. Just like this, you know, thing going on with Fenrir isn't good. We have to find a way to stop it at some point. And Odin didn't want to stop it. You know, he's the god of war. Why would he want to stop? <laughs> Odin's a massive dickhead. <laughs> I, I am ended up really liking Tyr. I like the scene where he he takes Shadow from Lakeside, right? And Shadow goes on the phone and you find out that Tyr drugged him. And the one guy who's like, I can help! And Tyr's like, you dumb fuck, you should have just went back into your car. Now I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> there were so many more better deaths you could have given him instead of ripping out his Adam's apple and letting him bleed out on the ground. I mean, he is a Norse god, so, you know, they're all about blood and guts and shit. Pretty damn bloody. My um, god. But I loved all um, Wednesday and Tears like, banter with each other. I really did. I thought that it was cool. Again, Dennis O'Hare is, um, I don't think I've seen him in much. At least it's not so recognizable to me. But I liked his acting in this. He brought, He's like. Doing an SBU episode, by the way, because I feel like some <laughs> of these people that I see like this, I'm like, they're really good. They're normally in a Law & Order episode. Even Ian McShane was in a Law & Order episode. That is fucking true. Didn't you feel like Tyr brought this very, like, Shakespearean sort of um, method and approach to playing Tyr? Yes. I felt like with Tyr, he was very, like, restored for it. I think he was everything which you would imagine a king of gods to be like. Like, and originally, but too good-spirited to keep the throne. Well, yeah. He allowed it for someone like Wednesday to come up from behind, essentially, and scoop everything up. I think it's like he, uh, I don't feel like he had the same bloodlust as, No, I felt like he could find it through other methods, like licking the blood off of his hand. I don't know his obsession with teeth, by the way. Yeah, I don't know understand that either and never really explain it maybe it's just supposed to say like well this is an easy way for him to get the sort of maybe like bloodlust that he has but I was going to say with their final battle backstage I kind of like that they uh, distorted his voice when Odin's like let's do this the old way and he's like let's do it essentially I kind of I love seeing them in their armor I was like this yeah. is so badass <laughs> Odin doesn't have his eye in that form, because I know he's technically blind in that eye, but I like in that, you know. By the way, I like that they showed young Tyr and young Odin. Right? Right? I love that you you thought that it was just going to be them, like, 
how they are now, but in them all young and stuff, I was like, I love this. I, to be honest, I love who they got to play Odin. He's just like a little shit. <laughs> By the way, I thought Demeter is beautiful young and beautiful older. Like, I mean, I just was obsessed with her. I thought she was gorgeous. I know. Oh, I know. It's like, Demeter, your one mistake in life was choosing Odin over Tyr. Right. And that, but it's like, you, and, and, you know, when he, he does say in it, he's like, you know, Odin did, like, stir her blood, you know, more than Tyr. And it's like, I, I guess it's like, yeah, that candle burns bright, but it burns out real fucking quick. Oh, well. Well, you don't know that while it's happening. (laughs) That's always the problem. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I love Tier versus Wednesday as the number two. We are down to the number one of our top ten best American God season three scenes, episodes six through ten. Woo! What a season. Um, Let's get down to number one. But, of course, i got to go through what we had already. Number 10 was Shadow Making It Snow with Marguerite. Number 9 was Mr. World Meeting with uh, Laura and Salim. Number 8 is Chernabog Fucking That Lady is how I wrote it down. Uh, Number 7 is just Liam Doyle. Uh, Number 6 is Demeter Turning Back Into Grain. Number 5 is Laura Saying Goodbye to Sweeney. Number four is Tech versus the Children. Number three is Tech and Bilquis in uh, Bil- uh, in Tech's subconscious. Um, number two is Tear versus Wednesday. Number one is the scene that I fucking lost my shit while it was happening, um, and that is the reveal that Tech Boy is not a new god, but literally the embodiment of human innovation. I know, it's like, listen, and it's like, listen, I know that there's so many, right, there's so many things to talk about, you know, uh, the reveal with Shadow on Wednesday on the plane, Shadow on the, on the freaking tree, right, you know, like, uh, Bill Quist going to Laura saying, you know, thank God I found you, you know, there's, there's so many, there's so many, but I'm sorry, I could not not put this on the number one. <laughs> Dude, I, whenever, uh, when I watched that, or, like, whenever you watched it, you know, when the finale happened and everything, and you were like, Brittany, you have to, like, it's insane. Yeah, I love seeing the flashback, like, all through the innovation. But, by the way, I my my theory is, though, you know, you keep seeing that light bulb, and it's like, oh, you know, he's only one part of the whole. But I don't feel like it was a half. You have Laura, right? But the mm-hmm. other part was the fucking light bulb hanging. It was like an yes. Edison bulb, too. It's like you need tech. Well, that's what I'm saying. When Bill Chris was doing, you know, when she was that scene that you're talking about where it was like all orange oh yeah she's looking it's literally playing right now she's looking at the light bulb and you see tech boy you know and then you see shadow and then you see laura it's like tech is part of this like whatever this is that bill Chris has to do like tech is definitely a part of it um so to me it's like it's just oh my god I loved it, right? Like, I want to I talk about it. I want to walk through it a second. 
I love seeing Tech go down to the basement. Right? He sees the thing. He's beat. He's eaten the raw data. He's killed all of the fucking children, and he's like, he looks crazy, and he looks at it, and he goes, all of this for a fucking rock. And as soon as he grabs it, and you see that the freaking like fire starting, you're like, oh my god, it's a flint. Like, what does this mean? You know? And then you see all. You see the printing press, you see a nuclear bomb, you know, it's like, and then for world to be like, you are human innovation, you know, and then when tech is like, well, why don't I know this? And it's like, because you don't have your totem with you, you know, and it's like the whole thing where freaking world, you know, saying all that shit and then he tracks tech. But my favorite part of that, even more than that whole thing is, is the sequence of events of him going, who are you? Who the fuck are you? Like, Tech doesn't, he's like, who the fuck are you? And him going, and Mr. World going, they say this is the error of technology. It's not. It's the error of manipulation. And the line that secured it for me, trickery is what I do best. And what does he whistle, Brittany, as he's walking out the door, Requiem of Balder. That thing that he's whistling... That song that he's whistling is the same shit that when Laura was in purgatory going, what is that? And the guy and the janitor goes, Requiem of Balder. Who is Balder in the freaking um, <laughs> Norse mythology? He's one of Odin's sons. And no, I'm not saying Mr. World is Balder. I'm saying it makes sense with Shadow. And why... No, I'm sorry. I'm going crazy here. Why does Mr. World know so much about Norse customs? Why is he so infatuated with Norse customs? We know who Mr. World is, alright? We know who Mr. World really is. (laughs) You know what my thing is, really quick? It's in, in Norse mythology, there's only one person that is the reason that Baldur dies. Is it... Is it? <laughs> yes, that fucker. Can we just say it and just spoil yeah, it? Like, yeah, Loki, okay. Loki, 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 Loki. It's Loki. But my thing is about it is Balder dies because the only thing, like, okay, I think, I'm trying to remember uh, Balder's mother's name, right? Mm-hmm. But, because uh, it wasn't like, it was like, uh, it wasn't Frigga. It wasn't Frigga. I think it was the other one. Like, because Odin had two wives, right? Because he's um, a hoe. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a hoe. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I can't remember. Either way, she loved Balder, and, and he was very cherished by all the other gods and goddesses in Norse mythology. But he was so beloved that his mother begged, you know, every living thing, everything in the world to not harm her son. And they all agreed. But the only thing I think that she didn't, like, um, like ask because it was so, like, innocent, it was, like, mistletoe, right? Like, mm. that was the only plant. And so, but a lot of the gods and goddesses would like to, you know, practice on Balder because he couldn't be harmed. They would use him for target practice, right? Like, fucking around, I guess. And Loki replaced the arrows with arrows made from mistletoe branches. Uh, uh, yeah. And it killed I'm, Balder. I'm sorry. 
like they're going with the reveal that it's Loki. And also the fact that Tyr even mentions Loki in his story about Fenrir, I'm like, it's all there. And the fact that, like, because you would think that, you know, as the new gods, right, that they would know who each other are. But the fact that Tech is looking at him like he's a stranger, where he's like, who are you? Like, who are you really? You know? And he's so confused. And you know, world just turning around and whistling Requiem of Balder. I said to myself, again, and the line, trickery is what I do best. As soon as he said that, I was like, he's Loki. He's fucking Loki. You know what got me too, by the way, just a quick question. With, because part of me is like, oh, could Shadow be Balder, right? Because in in a sense, but it's like, okay, but, you know, look at him you know he obviously is dead at this point in the show but because even 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 ebus says it right and that was right. like telling me but like my thing is it's like it's supposed to be an endurance test right and he's mm-hmm. sitting there why does the tree suddenly stab him as a blood because <laughs> visual was like oh i'm just gonna sit there and you know endure the nine days okay. and nine nights why, Tia, does it freaking stab? I feel like that was, like, a big dick move. Well, I feel as if maybe it's because he was dying. I, again, I know I keep saying, like, spoilers for the book and everything, but it's like, you know, you, it, the book came out, like, 20 years ago at this point. You can Wikipedia it, right? Um, Freaking, in the book, Shadow does die on the tree. Um, yeah. But that's why you need Easter. Right? To bring him back. But you yeah. don't have Easter. So who do you bring? You bring Demeter. So that's why I think that they introduced Demeter into it. So oh, that ending was so crazy. Like, again, I, you know what it questions. is? You know what it is like, with the whole shadow thing? It's They really did perfectly do it to the book. Like, them meeting in the hotel, the new gods presenting them with the body. Um, him, you know, with the three women preparing him, him on the tree, like, that's all so to the book, so it's like, you know, if you've read the book, then you kind of, you know, you're watching it, it's great, but you know that this is happening, but the tech boy thing is so uncharted territory, where it's like, holy fuck, they're going there, and again, to just find out, like, as you said, the shitty little god in season one, who's, you know, the technical boy, for him to go from that to, oh, no, he's actually, like, human innovation. Like, he existed when the human first discovered fire. It's like, oh, this is so cool. This is so cool. And it's even cooler because, you know, Odin sought out Shadow, right, for his own personal gain. Well, Mr. World sought out this knowing that he can control him as long as he, he has uh, the totem. Right, so that he keeps that from him, so Tech Boy doesn't know who he actually is, and then he can control him and then use him to create more chaos in the world by inventing shard. That's what I think that whole thing is. Oh, it makes sense that the fact the thing is called shard and the totem is a shard. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty insane because a shard of flint, because you know it cracks off. So you, mm-hmm. I did, I did. I just felt like they answered so many questions, but they left so many unanswered. I just want them to stop beating on the bush. 
And also, I'm so so. I feel personally betrayed by Wednesday. I feel personally <laughs> So, um, I'll say this. I kind of really want Technical Boy to get a name. If he is Prometheus, right? I Again, I don't know how that works just because I think he predates, um, you know, everyone at this point. <laughs> um, but I'd like him to get a name. Other than Technical Boy, that'd be cool. Awesome to be Prometheus. In my head, we're we're calling him Prometheus. Again, if that's where they went with it, I wouldn't mind. I just that would add a little bit of a question to me because then he wouldn't. But anyway, whatever. You know, Prometheus could have been his first name. He could have just been a concept at that point. And then when it came time for Prometheus, and it was like, oh look, finally a name. So that'd be cool. I'm fine with that. Um. So I want that to happen. I want Technical Boy Prometheus right, to break free, and I want the team up. I want the Avengers Assemble of the American Gods <laughs> <laughs> to get together and just take down Wednesday and World, because the two of them have really royally fucked over everyone, right? Like, fucked over everyone in this story. Um, unnecessarily because the two of them are so so much of egomaniacs that they needed that, right? Um, so, yeah, Brittany, I mean, we went through all of this. I think it's great. Um, really quick, let's go through some honorable mentions, and then let's go through what we want for season four. So do you have any honorable mentions? I was going to say two questions. Well, one question. Who do you think would be the Hawkeye of that group? Well, it's I love every, I, I love everyone, so I don't know if anyone would be a Hawkeye. In okay, not in the sense because you know I love Celine. So not in like oh he's useless. It's just that he's the human, and yeah. Hawkeye is like the regular person. So I guess you yeah, could say I like that. Him a lot better. Like I like Celine in season one, but I loved him in this season. And I guess my honorable mention will be when. Uh, when freaking Shadow Moon finally goes to the car and falls into the water and he sees yes. all the souls of the lost children. Which I wanted that to wrap up. I wanted Chad I wanted I wanted to see them pulling up the freaking cars. I wanted yeah. to see I wanted to see the loose ends tie. Because we just get flashback to Marguerite and her like, you know, taking down the pictures and moving and stuff. But, like, I want to know, did they find his body? Did she have that, you know, did they have funerals for these children that they thought were just missing? You know what I mean? Ugh, I wanted to know. I, I will say I was hoping that we'd have, like, an end scene with Chad because we just saw Shadow and Chad just kind of, like, looking at each other. Like, Chad needs some explanation, right? He literally, like, shot up Henselman, who didn't, wasn't even affected. Her eyes were black, and then blood was fire it's like dad needed to be sat down and some fucking explaining to do because it's so creepy that she is the god that was the reason for the sacrifice of the little native girl i was like distraught because that scene like like it was rough to watch not gonna lie it's rough right it's a little girl getting killed in such a horrific way um, I mean, I love the reveal with Hinselman in the book, Hinselman is a man, so it kind of, like, worked better that it's, like, this nice, sweet old lady who, in fact, is, like, 
this really old god that is requires sacrifice. Um, I'm confused that she's supposed to be like a Norse god, right? Yes. But it's an elephant. Uh, you know, American God sometimes has some questions. <laughs> the elephant, because the elephant was under the water, and the elephant was like, you know, in the ice sculpture. So she got to the elephant, but I'm like, did well, not was well, was that supposed to be Hensman, or was like an elephant supposed to be almost like? Um, remember uh, the goddess from last season? Was it Kali? Right. Who I, th- you know, so maybe it was supposed to be like another god was just trying to help out Shadow by showing him, and that the peacock is supposed to be Bill Quist, right? I, I think. <laughs> I guess she had like the peacock like fan, and that always made me just assume it was. Yeah, her. that's true. That's true. I want to say that I wanted, like, a wrap-up thing, again, with, like, Shadow and Chad, because in the book, there is a wrap-up, like, so really quick in the book. So this is something they skipped entirely, which I'm perfectly fine with, because it wouldn't make sense. So in the book, remember Audrey from season one? Yeah. Uh, Laura's friend, the foul-mouthed friend? Um, yeah. In the book, uh, Audrey, you find out, is Chad's cousin, um, but, like, a distant cousin. <laughs> Yeah, like a distant cousin who ends up in Lakeside, and um, you kind of like are, get the idea from the book that like Chad and Audrey have had relations before, and at the end of the Lakeside, and at the end of the Lakeside thing, as Shadow leaves, he pretty much tells Chad like, "Hey, you should like stop sleeping with Audrey, and maybe you should go with Marguerite because you guys have known each other for so long, and you live in the same town and everything, and she liked you and stuff." And I think they're trying to allude to that by having Chad constantly say like, "Oh, you know, Marguerite's a good friend of mine," but it just didn't go in that direction. But yeah, I'm glad they didn't do the Audrey thing. Um, what you call it? My honorable mentions are, shit, I have so many only because as I went through the episodes, I literally just wrote down, like, the highlights of them, but I'll go through shit really, like, quick, you know? Obviously, Laura killing Wednesday was yes. fucking honorable mention. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. I like seeing Sam Black Crow back, even if it was for two seconds. I wish it was a little longer, obviously. Um... What she calls it. I love the story of the Peacock Inn. You know, I love Tony. I thought she was yes, great. I love Tony. I uh, love like threatening uh whatever his name was, the homecoming dude. Oh yeah, she was just like, Do you remember me? Like pretty much saying like, I will air your shit out right now if you don't get the fuck out of here. I thought that was great. Um so I thought that was amazing. I love the story of that god. I, I don't know his name, but the Chinese god who gave Tony all of that wonderful prosperity. I loved at first how Tony didn't believe him. He was like, I grant, you know, the peacock in with many years of wonderful service. Pretty much gave Tony, like, godshipness, like, to live forever. And Tony... Did you see Tony was not aging? I was like, she looks the same. I was like... Yeah. That god literally, like, granted that to Tony for being so kind to him. And I was like, I love that. 
Um, I love Liam. God. Yeah, God, that's a real God. Like, I looked it up. Like, that is a real um, God, so I love that they included that. Um, I don't know, I love Liam and Laura's road, tr- uh, road trip. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's it. I think I loved all of it. I loved season three. There's so many amazing things. And, um, you know, before we wrap up here today, Brittany, let's talk about quick, like, what are the things? So, admittedly, right, Stars has not renewed it for a season four yet, which is honestly stupid at this point. But there is only one season worth of story left to tell. So let's presume that it gets renewed for a fourth and final season. What do you want to see in a final season of American Gods? I want Demeter to come back and bring, like, you know, Shadow back. I want to see, because I don't believe Demeter's dead, because Tyr would have been very upset if she was dead. They just said, oh, things didn't work out with her. Um, I want to see, I want to see the Jin come back and Salim fucking just slap the shit out of him or something. (laughs) I want to see, uh, I want to see one last interaction with Sweeney where, like, Laura can truly move on. I want to see her with freaking uh, Liam. I didn't <laughs> so much. And then I want, um, I'm trying to think what else. I want Chad to come back. And I'm trying to think what else. I, uh, I want Wednesday to get what's coming to him. That baby back bitch. Yes. <laughs> so in a season four, I obviously want to see Technical Boy. Uh, break out of his jail cell and team up and go against Mr. World. I want to see Liam come back. I want clarity of what's going on with Billquist and her story because to me that's very important. Um, I want Shadow. Very like, very like, it's awesome, but I'm very confused. I mean, don't get Everyone, like, I love every interaction with Vilquist this season. I loved her getting her spiritual awakening. I just didn't love that I had no idea still what the fuck was going on. Um, which, is, which is like, okay, I, I'm okay with waiting, say, like, another season to be like, oh, my God, that all makes sense, you know? I'm fine with that, like, if there's, say, like, a payoff. So... I want clarity of what's going on with Bill Quist. Um, as you said, I want Wednesday to get what's coming from. I want Shadow to stop being a little bitch. Because, um, you know, that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, bring back Liam. Uh, Techno Boy breaks out. Freaking, you know, Bill Quist clarity. You know, maybe we see Sweeney in the afterlife, you know, just chilling in the backstage. Just. And yeah, no, the gin to come back and Selene to be like, yo, I'm not a little bitch anymore. I'm gonna fucking smack you. Um, that's what I need. You know, Jin's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Selene. I had to go and, and it's like, <laughs> and just slap <laughs> right across the face. Did you feel like there was a parallel between like when Selene was with the gin, right? You know, it was very like. It was rough, but loving, but also it did feel very dominating. So I thought it was, like, interesting the parallels of, like, Celine with the other guy being very, like, 
not taking charge. Taking, yeah, taking charge, but like still being. It felt a lot more intimate than with Jim. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that Celine was very, you know, not timid, right? But he was very like in awe of the Jin as it was happening. But with this, it's like Kai, who's who was the other guy's name, was very like loving and very like nice. And then Celine was feeling very like you know accepted and safe. You know, it's a safe place. So um, I feel like those are the differences, and Celine needed that like desperately. So I'm happy that that happened. Oh, I want to see Cordelia come back. I want to see Cordelia come back. I don't. Yeah. I don't want her to be wasted and thrown away in a season four. So I definitely see her come back. And you know they keep alluding in interviews with Ashley Reyes, who is the actress who played Cordelia. Which, believe it or not, this is her first um, TV gig. She's only done theater beforehand, so I thought that was very cool. Um, but in interviews with Ian McShane, who said in my interview, and then I see interviews with Ashley Reyes, that they keep saying that no one's in Wednesday's life by choice. And not by choice, by chance. No one's in Wednesday's life by chance. So it's like, what does that mean for Cordelia? Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, Wednesday has fucked around a lot, so it's very possible. That's <laughs> crazy. But, but like, um, you know, like um, if if Loki is there, and it says it falls to the oldest son to avenge his father's death, and it's like, I mean, Loki couldn't kill freaking uh, Laura because he already told her like he made a binding contract. Mm. The whole thing. Oh, we need season four. Like, uh-huh. Stars needs to stop fucking around and just green light it. Like, I, I can't wait. But, Brittany, I always love talking to you about American Gods, um, which is another reason why I was not only excited for this, but why I want a season four, so that we can continue talking about this show, because it's so great. Um, but a four po- of podcasts. Exactly. We keep podcasting about it, but um, before I let you go, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you and what you got going on next? Okay, so you can always find me on Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. I've been playing, like last night I played It Takes Two, which is a cute game uh, where you, it's co-op and I wanted to murder my partner, uh, but it was a good time. You play a little dolls. Uh, that basically uh, these parents are getting a divorce and their daughter is very upset ends up crying on these dolls. It transplants their souls into these dolls, and so they're having to work through their marital issues while trying to survive, you know, being shrunken down toys. It's very cute but very sad. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at IttyBittyBritZero. And you can find me on TikTok, which I need to get back on TikTok, at uh, IttyBittyBritney. That game sounds terrifying. Uh, (laughs) Everyone, please make sure that you check out Brittany. She's a very dedicated streamer who spends many hours entertaining you all, so make sure you check that out. For me, I mean, listen, I had a lot of great interviews with the American Gods cast. I literally spoke to 
Ashley Reyes, Yatede, Omi, Bruce Langley, Ian McShane. I got written interviews with Eric Johnson, who played Chad, and Ricky Whittle, and they deserve some love. So make sure you check that out, geekvibesnation.com. Make sure you also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Geek Vibes Podcast. We have merch now, by the way. So make sure you check it out. Yes, those links will be on our website as well in the description of our YouTube um, page, so make sure you please check that out. Um, I also have an upcoming written interview. Well, I spoke to him, but I put the transcription out with uh, actor Ty Ma, uh, who's a very um, experienced actor, and he's going to be in the upcoming CW show called Kung Fu. So please make sure you check that out. Give us some love. And for my personals, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at TFABY or TC underscore start. So yeah, make sure you check out American Gods. Make sure you go on Twitter and get the hashtag Renew American Gods circulating because we need freaking number four. But Brittany, it's been amazing, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye, guys. Bye.